Welcome to the podcast. This is the Dance PT podcast, hosted by moi, Jenna Cantor, performer, hachikapow, and physical therapist. In our interviews, we will dive into all the things that can regularly help you. That's right. As a dance physical therapist with your patients. That's right. Please note that the purpose of this podcast is entertainment and is not here to replace any medical advice. That being said, we are all here to support each other, which leaves me at the most important message I want to leave you with. You are enough and never change yourself for anyone. That's right. You heard me. Be you, and that will enable you to help others the best way possible. Let's end with more scatting. That's right. Jenna out. We're here. We're live. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to bring this up so you guys can hear me just a little bit better. Thank you so much for coming on, Dr. Katie, Dizzy Dance Doc on Instagram. It is such a joy to have you on here. And we were connecting, as we like to, amongst each other, I hope, all dance physical therapists. And I wanted to interview you on stretching from an, a very evidence-based standpoint because any evidence out there, of course, you always want to combine it with our thought process. So that being said, why are you passionate specifically about stretching? So we're all musculoskeletal experts, but we can't keep all of the knowledge in our brain from everything. I have been around PTs who have just kind of forgotten or maybe never learned the, the more current evidence with stretching. And then stretching is also huge, huge in the dance community. I remember before I was trained in PT, I, I love to hang out in my stretches too before a bar started, you know, just stretch out, get long. And then we would always take time after bar before we're in the center and just sit in our splits and sit in our straddles and pull our legs back by our ears. And I've just learned how much that can actually negatively affect your performance in class. And it, it can pull you back from what you really need to be doing in center practice. Yeah. So and isn't that crazy? Because it's such a big part of the ballet culture alone, the, the timing right. of the stretching. A lot of times at the after you've done your warm up, you're just laying there and holding these stretches for long periods of time. And that's just how everybody is used to being raised in the dance studio and continues right, to right. do it. Yeah. yeah. So, so even even today with the coronavirus going on and so many wonderful free resources for technique classes all day, I'm seeing posts that say, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to go take this class and this class. I'm going to start stretching to get ready. And I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> what sort of stretching are you going to do? Because that matters. Yeah. So what is the kind of stretching that evidence is pointing towards right now before class? So before class, you really want to focus on that dynamic movement. You get the muscles warm. First of all, cardiovascular warm-up is key. So we don't really get a lot of that with the traditional ballet bar where you're starting with, you know, plies and tendus. You're, you're doing more slow, controlled movements to begin with, even though they do warm up the larger muscles. So doing a cardiovascular warm-up and then going into dynamic stretches Although there is some research saying that a combination of dynamic and static stretching 
is just as effective as just dynamic stretching. That's great. And, oh my gosh, it's just like the mic came so far down. <laughs> the, the dynamic stretching, would you give some examples of dynamic stretching? Mm -hmm. Because most of us have not grown up with that. Right, I didn't grow up with it either. Hopefully we've gotten it in our PT program. Um, but a lot of our dancers, of course, might not have ever heard of it. So just to compare and contrast, static stretching is gonna be where you get into a challenging position and you maintain it for a duration of time. Dynamic stretching is where you're going to move through a challenging position during a period of time. Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple other types of stretching that most of us have heard of, such as ballistic stretching or PNF, or proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation type stretches. So PNF yeah. being that so for instance, intact, relax. Yeah. So for instance, a lot of people, a lot of dancers like to go into their splits. Is there a dynamic right. way to go into their splits and move through that rather than sit in it? So you can, you can do it all sorts of ways. You can approach it all sorts of ways. You could break it down by, okay, which muscles are you stretching when you need to get into that split? So if you need to make sure that you're lengthening the hip flexors so that the back leg can get back and you're trying to lengthen the hamstring muscles, so the front leg can get forward and the gluteals. Um, you can do things like doing, um, bringing the leg around in a, in a low rondage on behind yourself and around to the front which would work through and stretch through the gluteals and get them warming up. And then you would repeat that walk on the other leg, keep going maybe back and forth across the studio floor. Um, you could do um, a series of grand bottomas across the floor, which would get you that dynamic stretch for the hamstring muscles, just a very light grand bottom up and down as a walk. Again, you could go back and forth across the studio, maybe accumulating around 30 seconds of that dynamic stretch. If you were trying to get to the quadriceps muscles, you would go into say a butt kick walk or a butt kick run, which mm. is also a great way if you're getting ready for point class, it's a great way to work through maybe shoes that are a little stiff still, or before you do bar, work through your feet, even in your soft shoes, which would get your feet warmed up as well as the quads. Yeah, yeah, I love that. For for the, the, those are such great inventive things and it's good to know and to have that vocab I've seen as a physical therapist because it's such a foreign concept to dancers just then what do I do then what do I do <laughs> right <laughs> oh somebody just wrote kick my peach kick my butt oh is it kick my that's butt? right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true butt kicks couldn't be a thing hey Danielle great to see you on here I see another wave great to see you guys in this conversation so then for static stretching, the timing of that and how long should it be done? Okay, so static stretching should be done once you're already warm. And again, you could use it in a limited amount prior to class. However, research has shown that if you hold a static stretch for more than 45 seconds at a time, you're actually going to be hurting your ability to generate power so you're going to be limiting your ability to use your muscles for strength or jumps, explosive movements, things like that. Um, typically, I prefer. Which is a very big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's, yeah, everything, and especially the, all that grand allegro. Um, so, so typically, I prefer to wait for static stretching until the end of class, or if you have a long day where you have class and then rehearsal, then maybe at the end of all of that, the end of the day static stretching is better used as a, a cool down activity. Um, however, if static stretching is used in bouts of 30 seconds, that, that has been shown to not 
adversely affect your power. So you, mm. you can do 30 second bouts of static stretching earlier that's, in your training. That's interesting. That's really interesting. And then you mentioned it. Any evidence on ballistic stretching? So I... I've looked into it specifically because I've had people tell me after after joining the healthcare profession, hey, you should never do ballistic stretching. You're, you're just going to hurt yourself. And yeah, it was, the, it was the, like the 80s. You would see it in the videos. Right. Boom, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in the 80s. We, we bounced, right? We did that. Yeah. Um, the only research that I have specifically been able to find that's more recent has said that ballistic stretching has a smaller risk of injury. It's actually more controlled than most athletic activities or most dance activities. So you're more likely to hurt yourself doing regular dance activities than ballistic stretching. Um, the only reference that I found as far as how to do ballistic stretching was um, a study where they were, they were comparing, I believe it was hamstring muscle stretching. It was either hamstrings or adductor muscle stretching. And they had one group do a 30 seconds of um, the static stretch and they had the other group do 30 seconds of the ballistic stretch doing the same stretch but bouncing every second so they did one rep a second just pulsing not not large amplitude small amplitude yeah. pulses um, that particular study wasn't focused on the safety of ballistic stretching it was focused on soreness so they were saying mm -hmm. people were less sore using ballistic stretching than static stretching after stretching which which is interesting because uh, yeah I grew up in the time when they were no ballistic stretch. Don't, it's so bad for you. But then if we're we're learning how dynamic stretching is actually really helpful at the beginning of class, ballistic stretching is not so far off of it. Right. I think as long as it's a controlled manner, people aren't not doing just large amplitudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take yeah. it through a very big range of motion. When you're cold, of course, you're going to be risking muscle tears or injuries because Absolutely. you're going crazy with it. Absolutely. Oh, and speaking of muscle tears, and I, yeah. I don't know if you you know information on this. So say somebody has had a muscle strain. How do they know they can stretch in an area without irritating the muscle more? Um, I can't say that I've got specific research on that. Um, yeah, I haven't as, seen it either, but it's a good yeah, question. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really, when I'm working with my folks, I really get them to try to tune into their bodies as much as possible, which most dancers are pretty good at. Um, to, it's to hard. See. It's hard. It's hard to not test it, though, because when you test it right. to see what's back, that's where you can right. irritate it and it can actually be a backward right. movement in, in your flexibility for a bit again. So one of the, the key take-home messages that I really, really emphasize when I'm, when I'm working with dancers or other athletes is that research has shown that stretching is more effective if you are at like a 3 out of 10 intensity versus an 8 out of 10 intensity. Mm. So you never want to push it, which we're always like, oh my gosh, I've got to get this, I've got to get this because I have to get this flexibility and I've got to get my leg up to here. But They've actually found that micro stretching at a low level intensity where you're comfortable is far more effective. You actually see more gains with both active and passive range of motion with micro stretching. Okay, that's amazing. I definitely, I definitely grew up pushing and I still push too hard. So that's really helpful. Right. So, and somebody <laughs> said sort of along the same point, what about scar tissue? Yeah, so, go into details more. What what are you referring to with that? Yeah, I thought maybe I was like maybe it's me that I'm not connecting. Yeah, please give more about, details on that question because uh, yeah, you mean scar tissue 
Yeah, I'm not sure. More more details, please. And we shall hand it over to the Dizzy Dance Doc, and she shall answer. And I may need to look that up for you, because not, nothing that I've looked at has specifically addressed stretching for scar tissue. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Interesting question. I'll make a note. <laughs> I love it. You're like, I got this. Uh, 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 uh. Well, I like to, I like to look up the answers to things. So I've had somebody, I, I've presented to dancers before on stretching and I had somebody ask me about foam rolling and I hadn't looked into the evidence. Well, now I have. Stretching oh. for scar so, so you're, so I get, I'm getting like hip injuries. So what kind of stretching for scar tissue regarding the scar tissue in the hip specifically? Um, how about stretching for those who have chronic tendonitis and their chronic musculoskeletal issues? Okay. Um, so there are, when your muscles are supple, when your tendons are supple, they're more likely to be more resilient. They're less likely to have injury. So once you've had an injury, we, you know, we know that, you know, coming back from something like a tendonitis, you're not going to be focused on the stretching so much as you're going to be focused on eccentric strengthening work to help heal the, that inflammation, that tendon inflammation. Um, but as a preventative measure, regular stretching has been shown to help reduce that rate of injury. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I love that. Uh, for the person before the what kind of stretching for scar tissue like hip injuries, please go into more depth. Uh, just start it from like the very beginning to the end with the, putting that thought process together because I have a feeling it's a really, really good question that we want to get to. Okay, so you're welcome. You're welcome. She said thanks. Somebody said thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so for a dancer who is young, uh, and I'm not just saying pediatric, I'm saying 10 years old, you're amongst other dancers who are more flexible. I'm bringing this up because this was my story. I remember it's been there trying to like do a center split and I was so high off the ground. And then, so I like sit down and my feet are like this, you know, cause I didn't have much, I didn't have much flexibility sitting in the straddle split. And, uh, oh gosh, there's a funny add on to that. But how do you convince somebody who really is lacking flexibility, and this is more of a conversation thing, to be patient with themselves and do that three out of 10 stretching? Because that is hard to accept when you're that far behind. It is hard to accept. It, 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 all, it all rolls into knowing your person, knowing your people, what's going to motivate them, how are you going to connect with them to, 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 to get them to realize that. Yeah. Um, I would probably approach it as, Hey, you've been pushing, you've been really working on it. And this is, these are the only gains you've gotten. Give me a week, do it my way. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And hopefully the evidence for where they go. Oh, okay. I, not only did I not hurt, I could dance better cause I didn't hurt cause I wasn't pushing so hard, yeah. but now I'm seeing those gains. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gone hard better. at ten. It's hard at ten. It's super yeah. hard. You've got to, you've got to recruit parents and the the teachers too to make sure that they're getting that consistent message. Oh, cool! Somebody just stated there is not much evidence on eccentrics alone for chronic tendon okay. injuries. The recent literature points more towards all forms of contractions. I, I mean, can I safely say that there's not much evidence all around? <laughs> 
Uh, uh, that's just my first thought because I'm like, I, uh, I, I agree. I think you, you agree as well, Katie. Yeah, there's not much evidence, but that's what we got. And recent literature points more towards all forms of contractions. That's interesting. Have you seen that yet, Katie? No, I haven't. Very cool. Hey, whoever is posting that, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing your, your name who's posting that. If you could share a link to that literature, because I'm sure other people will be curious to see that, including Katie and I, you can just like find a link to that specific, uh, like one of those um, research studies. That'd be super cool. So what kind of strength stretching specifically has been shown to be the most effective with people who have scar tissue post hip injuries? Also, thanks so much for doing this. Well, thank you so much for your question. Uh, that's a great question. And we are happy to be here. And if you want to be interviewed yourself, always reach out to me. <laughs> Do you know so the again, answer? I don't, to I, I don't have a specific answer for that. That is something that I'd be happy to look into. Because <laughs> I don't yeah. know the answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Regarding scar tissue. Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm loving these questions and these comments. This is fantastic. What a great discord. Look at this when we get along and love each other. Oh gosh, I just found a zit on my arm. Anyway, so back to stretching. So in, oh, the, in the morning, in the morning, I mean, I know this is, I'm not in dance class, but it feels so good to just sit in that calf stretch for like days in the morning. But, okay. you, but with that being said, there's this talk that we're not as efficient. We won't have as much power. But for me, it well, just what are you about so to do great. after enjoying that nice, lovely calf stretch? Are you then going to go have your breakfast or go oh, and commute? Go have or breakfast. Yeah, I'm not doing city. anything crazy. And so the yeah. hours in between doing the big activity, it's right. okay. And I don't, yeah. I don't know how much of a of the time period you really need. That'd be a great thing for somebody else to go out and research. Yeah, but, yeah, and, you know, and I ask that because I deal with plantar fasciitis, and so for me, right. that stretching is mm -hmm. key throughout all my day it's 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 right. it's wonderful and so with that being said am I just always going to be losing out on that power but I'm relieving the symptom you know that's with the idea of it's going to be more than 30 seconds it's going to be more than 45 I'm just right because like, ah. then once you get into your your rehearsal space and your your class then you're going to do your warm-up yeah and then you'll get into and, the dynamic stretching and, and it'll be great. And it'll be great. It'll I love be it. Uh, if there are any more questions, feel free to write them down below. Uh, is there anything I have not touched upon Katie that you really want to add regarding stretching? So as I was looking into stretching, um, I, I wanted to find out the answer to the question of soreness mm. because a lot of times we tell our patients, okay, you know, you, you just worked all these muscles and I want you to stretch it out. So you're not so sore. So I wanted to look into that and see what is that true? Um, <laughs> so there in 2005, there was a, um, big pardon, 2011, there was a huge study done. It had well over 2000 participants in this study. And what they found was that stretching either before or after only gave a 4% difference in soreness after activity, 4%. Wow. So they did find a slight change, but it was really negligible. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's interesting. That's really interesting. And and we know, we know this is 2011. We're going back nine years. Ooh, I was right. really good at math just then. Yeah. We're going back back nine years. But this is what we have evidence-wise, so we use what we can get. Danielle's asking, where specifically is the scar tissue, like capsular restrictions or muscular? And that would be back to that, that hip Question. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, she yeah, the person before was talking about scar tissue in the hip, in the hip. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so I get what you're saying regarding the hip uh, more specific with that question. Are you referring to capsular restrictions or muscular restrictions? Those are great things to those are great questions. Because uh, we already don't know the answer to it. But that's great. I like the specificity of that, Danielle. That's amazing. All right. If there are not any more questions, I'm ready to say I do because I have this bowl of chili that I've been scarfing <laughs> down and I, I did a pause for this really good conversation. And also, I feel like this information has been so good. Thank you for coming on. It was just succinct and helpful. Thank you, Katie. You're more than welcome. Yes. Um, I do not see where I can post my my information on the live comments. Oh, uh, when you go back into the Facebook feed, then I would just go on there and just add your information on there. But let's please share how people can find you on social media and even email if you would like. So, of course, I'm on LinkedIn and I'll have to post my name because it's a really long name, Catherine Vanden Heuvel. And Instagram, I go by Dizzy Dance Doc, which I have posted up here. And of course, I'm on Facebook, CPT Katie. And I am available for telehealth physical therapy before all this craziness with direct physio health as well. I love it. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. You are an absolute joy and yeah, and, and really helpful. This is, oh my God, I feel smarter now. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. I hope, I hope there's been some valuable information that people can bring back to their patients and help guide them through. Yeah. And if there's any holes in information, always keep diving. There's always diving and digging and seeing, of course, unfortunately, there are holes and things that we are missing right. evidence wise. And hey, if you have it in you to do a research study yourself, that'd be amazing. Ah! <laughs> Take care, everybody. Have a good night.